then you say go. So Micah, go. Okay. So and Prona heard it, and then the next day he said, "Well, um, I have this idea. We, we will we will have the band. We will have a band like." Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, and um, Kristen will sing, and you will play guitar, and Michael will be at the drums and everything. And um, we will put the whole set together, and we will play at the practicum. And I was like... So Porna said that. Porna said that. So Porna is a master at creating possibility. Porna is an incredible master, and he does it almost automatically. I mean, he is an incredible guy. If you were ever stuck, you know, at a different time, you just call him up and say, Porna, and you just be clear. It, 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 it. I am stuck here. Can you create some possibility for me? And he just cuts loose. He just invokes it. He's this channel for possibility. And he just, like, <coughs> in two minutes, you have this whole thing, like, and you go, thank you, click, and that's it. So, anyway, so. So, and I, like, literally said, this is impossible. So great, great. Can you hold it? Yeah. So Porn's going to be here this afternoon, whatever. When he's here, you grab him. You throw him up against the wall and you say, I am stuck and I need some possibility. And, and just go. Just like, go. Give me possibility. And he will just cut loose. And we can... Huh? Oh, no. Oh, no. Whoever gets him first has got him. If he's in here, he's free. Oh, no. No, if he's coming in here... He's coming to see me, too. No, if he's coming in here, he's free game. He told me he was coming to see me. He's coming to see me. Really, just go use that guy. He's, he's, I told him if he comes in here, we're going to use him. So just go for it. Okay, so I literally said it is impossible. And I explained everything, how, why it is impossible, out of my experience. And I told him, well, I had this band, and we like rehearsed like two years, and we had like 15 songs, and it takes a lot of time. And the first year, we had only five songs in one year. And he was like, oh my God, that sounds really awful. <laughs> that must have been terrible or whatever. And No, but he, he said, he said um, um, well, what, what did he actually say? He agreed with you. Yeah, probably he agreed. I don't know. But I, I was like, all the time I was totally resistant. Like, I, I didn't want to do it. But, um, and he said to me... Um, are you aware of what you're saying right now? And I said, and, and he said, you're saying no, right? And I said, yeah. And then he said, well, um, how about opening up to some possibility? And I was like, still, no, I don't, this is impossible. So he said, well, we'll have, um, we'll have our first meeting tonight with the band. So I just, I just didn't have any chance. I was like, okay. And then it went on like for two or three days and, uh, when we when we had this meeting, and we started picking the songs, and then um, I was first I was sitting there like, <laughs> I had all those ideas like if I have a band, then I want to have my own songs, and I want to be this and whatever. I didn't want to like play any other songs, so I had all these ideas how it should be. And then while we were doing that, somehow I got. Really, oh, you know, oh, this is a great song. Yeah, we should pick that one. And I just really like slowly shifted into that. And then um, we were joking around the whole time about the number of the songs because 
you know, 24 songs, that was the magical number. And he said, we will have 24 songs. <laughs> and then, um, so we were just joking around the whole time. And then finally I said, well, we should have 40 songs. That's not a problem. We should have 50 songs. <laughs> and by that somehow something shifted and I was like, okay, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it really didn't matter at that point anymore. I just like started picking out songs and we already had at least like 25 songs. And for me, like I was, um, it was outside of this um, place where I was thinking of what is reasonable and what is possible. Like it wasn't um, about anything um, anymore, how that is logical or something. I, I just didn't care anymore. So I was really serious about why, why, why not about 40 songs? I don't care. And um, yeah, and out of that, um, it, it became possible. And then last night I was like, oh wow, that, that's pretty cool. I mean, three weeks and that wasn't a long time. And so that like for me, that's a pretty good reference point. You also said that you were angry for a few days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, like, oh, let's, that. let's talk about the part that wasn't so easy. Yeah, it was very, it was very painful. I mean, it was really like I have to give up something. I really had to give up my my ideas of um, how I think things have to be out of my experience. Like I draw conclusions how things can be out of my experience and then I think nothing else is possible. Like I had this one band, that was my band and nothing else will ever be possible as as we did in this band. And that means um, having 15 songs in two years and playing them perfectly. Like and nothing else is there. If I want to make music then it is then it has to be like this. And it was like um really giving up um like a whole part of myself and I didn't wanna do that. I didn't wanna say to him I I didn't wanna give him my yes or just this yes to an opening to something else. I didn't wanna do that and I was like it was I was like really pissed at him like for three days. I didn't want to talk to him and and like to every rehearsal it was a pain in the ass. I didn't want to be there. And then like over time it was like it, it started to become okay, this is what we're doing now and I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. We have to get these songs together so we have rehearsal. And um also, this other thing that happened to me last night, I wasn't really a lot of scared or nervous because I didn't have the expectations anymore to have it that way as it always was. And I was like, okay, we're playing those songs and that's cool. And if I play the wrong chords, that doesn't matter. I just go get back on track. So there was um, a lot of more, more space around me. And um, that's, that's really good. Sounds like you gave up your strat. I mean, the, that piece of the anger is what Clint was talking about in terms of giving up our strategy. It's like mm -hmm. a piece of ourselves. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and then what? It's experienced as a personal negation. That's why I resist it. It's like you're not acknowledging my reality. This is my reality. <laughs> and you're negating me. 
Yeah, really, that's yeah. really how it's... Yep. And that's exactly what you're saying you can antidote by going to the reality and saying, yes, you're right. And then you can go, okay, I'm not being negated here. And then it's like, then you're you more say, ready. Here's something perhaps you didn't think of before. Right. There's and we have a see. really big tendency, like even when we see possibility for somebody else, to go, look, you know, Steve when you create all this possibility and Steve's like, you know, you're negating my reality and it's like, God damn it, Steve. You know? <laughs> I mean, we really have a tendency to blame each other instead of like continually finding ways to invite each other. You know? um, what, what you just said, that's, that's very interesting because first, uh, when I was saying no and, and he had this idea of what we're going to do and I said no that's impossible and I felt really rejected I felt rejected by him because this was my reality and this was this was how I thought who I am this is how I am making music you know and this is good because this is who I am and when he said no but we're doing it differently then I felt like he um he rejected me personally as a musician or something was the, the big thing I had to get over with. It doesn't, like, it's not about me that I am being rejected, but it's about something different. It's just something different. Can I explain that? Yeah, yeah, I had in a way. It's true. For me, it's, I don't want to be, like, it, like if I said I had this band before and it took two years, suddenly when someone tells me it's going to take three weeks, it's like, oh my God, I'm wrong. You know, like it's about being right. Like I'm, un you know, for me, it's like I'm unwilling to be wrong because that, that means I was wrong before. Like that's like my unwillingness to not be right and to take feedback and to get new possibility. Like I'm so clutching on being right about about what happened before. About what's real. Right. Well, and all my I mean, do this victim of, about can it. Can we do this instead of talking about it? I want to explain what we're doing, okay? Because you guys haven't got it yet. You've been talking all around. I just want to give you the technology of what's actually occurring, and then we can do it. We are doing Yes. That's, like, that's well, that's, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what we're doing yet. Let me just tell you, okay? We are creating universes. What Porna did with Kirsten was he came up to her. He had the vision instantaneously of a new universe. The new universe was the band. The band did not exist before. And then he created so the universe. Universes are created pretty much like bang. The big bang, how you create a universe. So Porna gets bangs about, you know, he has to go to sleep and like do this special meditation technique so he doesn't have bangs, so he can sleep. So that is happening to Anne, that happens to Bernard, it happens to me, it may be happening to, I know it happens to Joshua sometimes, it may be happening to you. But, but, so universes happen with a bang, that's how they show up. Now the problem is, like, the bangs usually trash everybody else's universe. So the thing is, what we want to be able to do is create a universe and bring other people into it so that other people can live in this universe. So what Porna did with Kirsten is he gave her a lot of space to be pissed off, 
goes through the breakdown. Anne's got this I'm wrong thing my whole rest of my life. Mine is I'm stupid. You know, I didn't see it for 15 years. You know, how I am so, yeah. I don't want to, not good enough for Bernard. You know, I don't want to experience the pain of realization. That's all it is. It's the pain of new consciousness occurring. But now the band exists, right? The band exists. There are people living in that universe. When we create, what we're creating is a universe, and we are creating it for only one reason, and that's because we want to. There's, there's no reason. We, are create, we create new universes because that's what we love to create. We create a universe that we want to live in. So Porna wanted to live in a band. And so in, there, there was the opportunity. Bang! You know, the universe is created. Now Now there is a band, and Porna gets to be a rock star. You know? And Kirsten gets to be a rock musician, and all these, these kids, you know, these 12, 15-year-old kids, they get to be these, you know, playing with adults and like, that little 14-year-old Jimi Hendrix dude last night, man. Whoa. You know, at, when we were young as children, children have really the ability of doing it because they're not experiencing experiencing this pain yet, which keeps them away from, you know, shifting. So they do this all the time. Like, you know, my son, for example, he created a whole new universe with motorcycle racing. He said, you know, I said I don't have the money. He said, well, I wait to the day you have it. So in one way or the other, he created with it, you know. He created me having it, you know. The day I we bought the, the motorbike, he looked at me, he said, well, great, now we need a mobile home. Because how do we go to the races, you know. He just looked at me and it's not kind of, I said, listen, Dennis, you know, wait a little bit, just need it started. He said, well, you know, if we go to the races next year, I said, hang on, hang on, you have to first train. He said, well, I'm going to the races next year. So he created a whole new universe with, I don't know how many people. And I, one day I told him, you know, I got no idea about motocross. You know, I'm driving Harley Davidson on the road, which is entirely different than being in the, you know, in the country of motocross racing. He said, well, I get a trainer. I said, fine. A week later, he came. He said, Klaus, he's of our campfire group. He used to race motor. He's my trainer. So I may introduce my trainer. So now you're only my dad, my manager. And he went on all the time, you know. So the next thing, I am not, you know, I do not understand to, you know, work on the machine. Because I, you know, I, I can't do it. So I can't fix the motorbike. And you have to do it all the time. So he said, don't worry, I find one. So Kirsten, he's of our campfire group too. He's a, he's a mechanical engineer. So he's now the, what is the guy called? He's a mechanic. So he said, so the team is together, let's go. <laughs> and we went. And, you know, and this guy, after just 
training for a quarter of a year, he did his first race. And he's racing against other children who are already on this bike for eight years, five to eight years. And, and he is driving with him, you know. He's, it's not like he's really the last guy. He's kind of driving with him. And he created me. Now I know all about this motorbike. I can lay the whole thing apart and put it together again. You know, I do that all the time for him. And that's, if you look at it, he was creating this whole new universes for me all the time. And he kind of, he stayed in there. And even if I looked at him saying, listen, man, it's not working. So wait a little bit. Just look me, just checking, you know, we have to be prepared. And he kind of took me into his space and he made it really happen for him. And I really, you know, looking at it that way, it's, it's, it's great, and we can learn a lot from children. You know, and this is not an isolated thing. I mean, my kids just did this with horses with me. I mean, Dad, we need horses. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Dad, we're having horses. Like, here's where they're going to be. We need horses. We have horses now. The day I brought the horses home, it's Dad, great, great horses. Look, Dad, we have Now we need a horse trailer. So we move the horses to the races. I mean, it's just the same thing. Camp 2 is a new universe. Camp 2 is a new universe. I created Camp 2 out of nothing in a bang because I want to live in Camp 2. You guys are in Camp 2 because you want to live in the universe of Camp 2. Now we're still laying out the details of how do you like like how do you like all the way get into that universe? Cuz we're still working on the fuck you you know, it can't happen. It's impossible. No way. I'm a failure. Like that. We're still so I would like to create some possibility about that. For the whole context of Athenor in general, and especially for myself, which is no longer, as soon as I'm out of my little old universe going, man, look at my ego-ridden, pathetic, tiny little, you know, you know, strategy that I'm constantly doing and when I could be in this universe and instead really, um, really seeing compassionately the limitations of it. Because for me, then I can be, that's an access point of vulnerability instead of a setup to bash myself later when I go back to that universe, which I'm going to do. So I'm just going to be doing, I'm going to be creating that possibility here. And when I hear us, you know, because you're so free when you're in the new universe, it's almost like fun and it's innocent and you bash the old universe and it doesn't mean anything because that's not you're not in that universe and it's not personal, it's not angry. But then when you go back, you're like, oh my god. So why did you go back? Yeah. Why did you go back? Well, I can. I mean, I notice that I go back. That's what I observe. So you're okay. not. So like me, like <clears throat> having a like camp two in your project is. You know, for me, it just gives my gives my whole self something else to do. You know, it's like you know, you've been in camp for I don't you know however long you've been in camp and you've done work, you know, whatever. I mean, I wanted to speak about the first place I heard about the work. I think I was 17 years old and I graduated from high school early, and my mom was selling real estate. And these people that she knew in an office were going to this like one day seminar. So I went with these adults that I didn't know, 
and we went to some like hotel or something like an hour away or whatever and went to the seminar and I'd forgotten all about it until I don't know my mom somebody said something and the title of the seminar was called who do you think you are I threw up just acid out of my stomach at every break I, can't, I the whole afternoon I was asleep I mean, I could not hold my eyes open. My, like, my eyes were slamming shut. Like, my, you know, I had my head on the desk. And with these adults, I don't even know. I mean, I was like, in to, you know, like I know now, I was in total breakdown. I mean, I knew I'd never thrown up, like, green liquid out of my stomach before. <laughs> I couldn't even eat. I mean, I don't even know what the, I mean, I was like. I'd like to see this tree. I was sick. Yeah. And I remember, I think, and, that, and like, I can remember sitting there, there was a pen that said, like, who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I just, I, I think, like, I started a lot before the, you know, way back farther than I thought, but anyway, um, I just want you guys to know, like, when you guys laugh or, like, see something I didn't see, it just creates a whole different perception of myself for me, which is helpful, um, Anyway, so, like, to me, like, if I'm not in Camp 2, like, the, I guess, the, like, part of me, like, I feel like I'm bored of and tired of campfire because I'm sick of processing. Like, I don't give a shit. I am always going to be this machine. This is it. I'm sick of talking about it. I'm sick of hearing that someone was, oh, I was sad and angry this week. It's like, <laughs> fuck, you've been sad and angry for, you know, 18 months. <laughs> You know, like, I don't care. It's like, you can like, read your last, you know, 45 check-ins. They're the same damn thing. You know, like, who cares? And I'm sure mine were exactly the same. Like, here goes Anne again. Click off. Like, who gives a shit? Is she done? Now I want my turn. That's you know. Idea. We should record people's first check-in. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, and then just... Lady, oh, God. You know. And then they'll start throwing up green liquid, hopefully. So, so you know, so the thing that, like, I see is that I need to, to fully engage in something else. And, like, and that's the part about, like, go, get feedback, go, shift, and go. Okay. So when do we start? Bernard used to do so. So, so wait. So I like. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, so, so wait. I, I have a, I have a question. Hello. Hello. I, I have a question. Like, like every, almost every day you say, when are we going to start? When are we going to do it? And you're the only person who hasn't done their. I know. I know. So, so I want to do it. So okay, but you like. You so what is that about? I'm ready now. Ready so, like, we're all ready and we're all engaged, and you're always saying, let's go. And I'm not engaged, and I'm dying to get engaged, and I'm Then stuck. get engaged. I am. Yeah, that's I'm what, here. That's what I got it from all from Kirsten, from Bernard, and what Clitterbrook uh, said about his daughter. And what I realized in my life, if I'm committed that I will get it. I'm really committed that I, I will get it, what I want to have. I had the experience with a ship. I want to have a sailing boat. And I didn't have any money. And it was like, there's a lake in front of my window. I want to have a sailing boat. And I sit in the, ca in the camp, in the practicum and said that I will have a ship. I will have a sailing boat in my garden. And Dirk sat next to me and said, 
oh, you can have my one. <laughs> you know, I was totally committed to have a sailing boat, you know, to have my own sailing boat in my garden. And there it was. And it's about that. We have to be committed to what we want to have. And if you are committed, you will get it. Why, why are we going back to, to another re reality? So I, I see that I can create something here in Camp 2, but I'm not sure about how to hold that, because when I'm going back home, I'm, I have email and I have phone calls and things like that, but I have people in my, who are very near to me, which are not in that universe. So I'm not sure about how, how to create that universe at home. So. It's also for me at work. So, I want to explain the technology of that. Yeah. So that well, what I want to say first is, Katrine, I'm involved in anything that you do. From the moment I met you, six months ago, I would have done anything that you wanted to do. I don't know what to say to that. Maybe I have the wrong people around me. Or no, you're just not aware of some part of your hidden purpose and how it's working. That's all. So I created possibility for yourself. The only thing is now creating possibility for others. For those other people, you just create the universe for them. You create the possibility for them. That's it. You know, we did this, this guy came to me, he said, I want these two flats ready to move in, in two weeks, which is impossible, you know, and it, and, um, but then, you know, I, you know, I thought about it and like something about it attracted me and I said, yeah, I have the resources to do that. I can make that happen. And I did, you know, at least I started and then I ran it into Myself. <laughs> Boom! I was doing really well. I created this possibility. Uh, I created it for the people who worked for me. I thought I created it for the guy I was creating it for, and which was my big undoing. And and so, but then, but I, and now you know, and then it all came to a, an end because there was like a hidden agenda there, which I had known about from the beginning, but I was just conveniently ignoring. And um, so, but we did it. I mean, like we gutted these two flats and we put in all the plumbing and all the electrical uh, for the two bathrooms and had the three inspections, the plumbing inspection, the electrical inspection, the framing inspection, and we were ready to cover up. We started on a holiday Monday. He called me on, he called me on, I went to see him on Friday. I called him back on Saturday. I said, if you really want to do this, we've got to commit today. You've got to commit today. You've got to commit to me. These are our rates. And so we made the agreement that night. I worked all Sunday kind of planning it. Monday I started. By Friday I had all three inspections. We called inspectors. We begged favors. You know, I made it happen. We had the rough in by the end of that Friday. It was like, it's pretty fast. And, um, and we were just we kept rolling along. But then I ran into myself in a couple of ways. One, I hadn't, he, he had a hidden agenda. Like, he either didn't have the money to pay for it, or he 
didn't want to pay that much for it, or you know, that I could see from the way his life was that there was like all this incompleteness. I'd had to clean up all this goddamn incompleteness. I'd had to like, he had permits that were open that hadn't been closed out from two years ago. He had violations on the building. I had to do like some very fancy footwork to even get the permit to do the job. I mean, you know, it was pretty remarkable. We even had a piece of paper to do the job. And, but, so, and part of it, I, you know, I got, I got really entranced in about the money. Well, he pulled the sort of plug on me at one point. Like, there wasn't a check for me there a day that he committed the check to be there. But I go into details. Who you that I, me that I, I refuse to see another possibility. Um, I, I have to be, I'm, you know, I have to be right. I have to be paid this amount of money, you know, or the project doesn't go on. You know, that you can't, that I have to be in, I have to be in command of this situation. Right. Away, was. And not, not facing, not facing that, and knowing that you had to enroll him in a certain that's, way. That's what I didn't. I didn't deal with the fact that I had to. I had to be sure, and I had to do the maintenance to ensure that I enrolled everybody in the same possibility. You know, I I'd done it on a token level, and on another level, I knew there were sabotages all around, and I wasn't dealing with. Anybody who doesn't understand what to do, how to, what this is about. So anybody who doesn't understand what this is about or how it goes, what are you not clear about? And others. We are here to create possibility for ourselves and others and clarity for ourselves and others, but mostly this is about possibility and clarity here. That's what it is. That's what Camp 2 is about. It's also about something else, but I'm afraid to say right now. So. Say it. <laughs> it's also about... Okay, thank you. I thought you were saying being crucified. Yeah, that's what it is. It is. It's difference. called love, right. That's what creation is about. We that's create what we create what we love. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what we are roped up. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. What we can do this one, two, three, go. Ready? One, two, three, go! That was too slow. You don't have your feet on the floor. We are about to start here. with the pillow. We can do anything. Let's start with the rage pillow. You can do whatever you want. Go ahead. Okay. You want to start one, Lisa? You have to be specific. Okay. Well, I have been like stewing in this thing for like three months, 
and um, I have all this like stuff going on inside me, and I'm stuck. I'm just stuck. What's the possibility you want? A project clarity. You are your project. You don't want it. <laughs> yes, I do. You, you really don't. 